Welcome to the LabOp Leaders Series, a showcase of global change agents and experts in healthcare and laboratory management. Here's your host, LabOp Global Founder, Robert Farias. So we're pleased to welcome Simeone Nakarua to the show. Uh, Simeone, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Robert. And um, I, I understand despite the time differences that we have here between Canada and CP, I just want to give you and your team a big shout out for doing what you're doing, being able to excavate stories and highlight experiences of medical professionals that are engaged, especially in laboratory medicine. And, you know, as you and I know, Robert, this field is a very profound field that receives very little recognition. And I think to come across discussions like this where we're able to really express our experiences and our journey in medical laboratory science, especially, it's a way forward to breaking that little wall of little recognition. And so I just want to say a big thank you to you and your team for doing what you do. Thank you. That's very kind of you, Simeone. Thank you. Uh, we're, we're doing what we can. Uh, so, Samuel, let's, let's help the audience learn about you and, uh, and your story a little bit better. Can you share your ac academic path with us, please? Absolutely, Robert. Um, my interest in science, I would say, stems from a very young age. I was always very intrigued with uh, little things growing up, why things are the way that they are, why certain things thrive better in these conditions and others don't how things grow, why things move around. So this interest um, sharpened when I got into high school, where I took pure science. And basically for us in Fiji, pure science is a number of subjects or units that you take in high school, where biology, chemistry, and physics were the core one. And in all honesty, Robert, since then, I have this deep sense of belief that science, at least in my opinion, is here to help us understand the little workings of the world, so from then on, I knew scientific investigation was something that I wanted to get into, something technical. And as long as I was learning how things work the way that it does, I didn't mind the duration that it would take me to be qualified. So I was very fortunate to be accepted into the College of Medicine, uh, Nursing and Health Sciences here in Fiji under the Fiji National University for a bachelor in um, medical laboratory science, which was a four-year program. And this degree, when I left in 2017, um, with the degree, um, it um, gave me access to a, a large number of fields that was under pathology, that is under pathology, which is biochemistry, hematology, histology, microbiology, virology, and even transfusion medicine. So to graduate back then in 2017 for me was not only me completing years of work, but also fulfilling a little dream of a 10-year-old boy who questioned a lot of things growing up. That's, that's great. That's great, Simeon. I'm glad to, I'm glad you got to have that experience. So uh, from, from your bachelor's degree or completion of your bachelor's degree, I also understand you went on to do several other studies in, in several other areas. Can you share those, please, with us? Absolutely. Um, so I went into international relations. I have a story on this. I was very fortunate when I left um, medical school. Uh, I was able to serve at Global Fund when I left medical school. I did not have to do any internship or gathered experience in anything technical except my clinical attachments when I was in medical school. Um, just a successful applicant then making it through an interview to take on a role that I had no experience in. Uh, Global Fund, as you know, Robert, they supported uh, TB 
um, AIDS and also malaria. So I was able to serve in the National Tuberculosis Program here in Fiji as a project officer for a year. And in that one year, I learned so many things managing six hospital um, laboratory tuberculosis work from laboratory examinations, whether it was microscopy or DSP, to reporting, to audits, to stock take, to even quantification of consumables and external assessment. And when I was in this position, I wanted to gain a more transferable skills in a setting that allowed me to effectively communicate through channels and mediums, and also understand national interests and objectives that were perhaps aimed at improving healthcare or laboratory in general. So I thought international relations and diplomacy was the best option for me then. And because I live in a town um, that's not very accessible to a lot of universities. So I, the university that was closest to me uh, had this course. So um, going into international relations or postgraduate studies in this, I got to dig deeper in the sense that I was able to grasp more than I needed to on an international context, relationships between countries and even cultures. And to think of it now, these relationships, you know, they impact everything that we do on an international arena, law and even economics and security, diplomacy and, and governance. And I was able to, to learn that and apply it to my job then, which was very helpful for me. And um, instead of just doing a postgraduate certificate, I went on to do my diploma, um, postgraduate diploma as well on international relations and the masters uh, in that regard as well. That's an interesting twist, actually, Simeone, because um, quite often many people in the medical laboratory science backgrounds end up working in, in many of these, uh, I'll call them large scale or international NGOs. And, and it's actually quite rare to find people who've taken the tact you've taken where the uh, international relations approach when you, in reality that's probably uh, in hindsight and I never really thought about this but in hindsight that's probably a, an excellent path uh, to take to, to understand what's going on and, and the the connections that happens between locations and and the implications of one uh, of one uh, segment of the economy uh, and healthcare and, and the other ones that intersect whether it's trade whether it's economics uh, and all these agreements that are out there that impact uh, multiple decisions around us daily so that's a a very unique path that uh, congratulations on taking that so let's talk about if we can about your experience with the global fund so uh, from the global fund um, what was your next path so I think your time at the global fund was fairly short if I understand maybe about a year and a half or so yeah I had a very short duration at the global fund and my job um, uh, with global fund then was a project officer position which was based in a laboratory and in Fiji, there are three divisional bigger laboratories that are in the country. So I was able to serve in, um, in the western side of, of Fiji. That in, in, and in this laboratory that I worked in, it looked after six subdivisional um, minor um, hospitals. And so my job was to uh, conduct uh, scientific investigations from laboratory testing, which was um, diagnosis of uh, tuberculosis through uh, microscopy, through gene experts, even uh, bacteriological cultures, to reporting uh, them to these um, uh, smaller hospitals and to the clinicians that are responsible um, for it. And also at the same time, I was also doing reporting and conducting external assessments on these hospitals' behalf, um, uh, representing the Western Division of the country then. And uh, the project ended um, a year and a half when I joined 
but leaving Global Fund for me helped me so much, especially um, coming fresh out of medical school and getting into Global Fund with no experience. So to say the least, I, I feel that I had a great jump start in terms of my career with Global Fund. And for that, I'm always going to be grateful. Yeah, that's great. And so what were your next steps, uh, Simeone, from uh, once you completed at the Global Fund? What was happening for you next? From the Global Fund, I was able to tap into, um, because I was with Global Fund, they were in partnership with the Ministry of Health and Medical Services here in BD. So um, I was able, with my interest um, in tuberculosis, I was engaged with microbiology in particular. So what the Ministry of Health and Medical Services here in BD, they offered me a contract to work in microbiology, which was very good. And I was able to not only focus on sputum, which was um, the main sample that was submitted to the laboratory then for tuberculosis work, I was also able to uh, carry out various um, microbiology testing that was um, required of the hospital to do. And I managed to learn hands-on and um, the growing uh, of bacteria and the certain conditions that it needs to go into, the biochemicals that it needs, and also um, at the same time, carry out drug susceptibility testing um, with the local uh, identified pathogens that we were able to identify then. That's great. And um, your path on, upon upon finishing with the Ministry of Health? From the Ministry of Health, um, I was still serving with the Ministry of Health and at the same time completing my um, postgraduate studies on international relations. There was a vacancy um, in 2020, um, and back then for Fiji, um, COVID hit in March. And so World Health Organization had uh, done a vacancy up for um, a special service appointment, which was um, particularly for COVID at the time because it was needed. And because then it was something relatively new, they needed people um, on, uh, that were available in the country that were willing to carry out this testing. And so I applied to World Health Organization and I was very fortunate to be one of the three that got uh, picked um, from a handful of applicants to um, get assigned jobs under WHO. And uh, from WHO, I was stationed at the CD Center for Disease Control here in PD, where I gained my competency in molecular work and molecular in the sense that I was only focused in doing a COVID-19 um, sample or nasophageal swab sample where we're able to target several genes that were needed for investigation. I was actually trained at least, let's say, five to six months by the department at the, uh, by the molecular department at the CD Center for Disease Control. And um, I had very great mentors. <laughs> and so with the molecular work, I think it's very interesting when we look at it now, um, to think back, our predecessors in science spent so much time developing uh, simple tools like PCR or RT-PCR in particular, where we're able to um, investigate certain genes that are very relevant to the um, discovery of this virus. And for us here in Fiji, we have um, a few uh, genes of expressions that we are looking at at the moment only for COVID. So I'm only able to tap into that, which is the envelope protein, the RDRP, the nucleocapsid, and also the, um, I've able to gain competency in um, being able to extract this nucleic acid, uh, mix the base and primers and probes, and be able to reverse this um, 
ribonucleic acid in DNA and be able to analyze who has COVID and who doesn't. And it's um, been a great learning experience so far with WHO, yes. I can, I can imagine that would be the case, Simeone. So can you help us translate the, the experience? So uh, I, I think first for, the, for those who, who are not as familiar with Fiji, um, on a geographic basis, I believe you're a few hundred islands, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we um, we are in the south. Um, I would say from the we're in the South Pacific um, for Fiji, and it's the hub of the South Pacific. I would say, and um, we're either west from Australia and east from New Zealand. And here in Fiji, uh, we don't even have a population of a million, Robert. And um, with that said, we've recorded close to uh, 70,000 cases of COVID-19 and at least 834 deaths um, due to COVID, and that's 834 too many, I would say. And um, we have close to 300 or 333 um, islands here in Fiji, so it's islands on islands. And um, yes, it's a very small country. and um, it's a very multiracial country as well. So, so uh, Samia, can we just explore the concepts? Because you mentioned before that you were in the Western Division, uh, both yes. for Global Fund and, and some of your Ministry of Health work as well. So can you describe for us, um, is it processing samples from a variety of islands? Is it, uh, is, what's the mechanism like uh, for people to receive lab services on those, on those locations? So um, here in uh, Fiji, Robert, we have three main divisional um, hospitals, or let's say three main divisions. We have the East and the Central, we have the Western Division, and we have the North. So in each of these divisions that in Fiji, we do have major hospitals. And within these hospitals, we have smaller hospitals or health clinics. And within these health clinics, we also have um, smaller laboratories. Now, what these smaller laboratories do, they're able to type blood, they're able to do transfusion medicine, they're able to carry out a full blood count and even carry out biochemistry testing. Now, with the referring of samples um, in which these small hospitals cannot cater for in terms of microbiology or in terms of histology or cytology, they do send it over to uh, their divisional respective hospitals that they're close to. And of course, this can go uh, through air transport or by flight or by road if, uh, if they can. And also um, bearing in mind with, with the sending of samples, we follow um, IATA guideline, which needs to always be in cool chain management. And upon receiving of the samples at major um, divisional laboratories, we're able to carry out these testings. Now, from these major divisional laboratories, we also have a national um, public health uh, laboratory that is in the country that looks after samples that are referred from these bigger laboratories or divisional laboratories um, and carry out confirmatory testing on certain pathogens that perhaps could cause public health threats um, within the country. Great. And from a perspective of uh from perspective of opportunities then. So let's speak about sort of the student experience and, and the, the student environment. Someone graduating from the medical laboratory science programs in Fiji or program, I should say, in Fiji. Yeah. What are their expectations? What is the typical career path for someone? Um, graduating out of medical school degree or certificate in laboratory um, technology or medical laboratory science, we have 
I would say, and I don't say this very badly, but we have very limited opportunities here in the country and we have very small private labs that are operating in the country as well. So if you're able to get into the hospital because it's vacancy based or here in Fiji, we have a policy that's called an open marriage system in which we have to wait after graduating out of um, medical school or from any university, uh, let alone, and also wait around and, and you have to actually apply for this, for this job. So I think from graduation, if you're able to get into a hospital, you start your internship. And from your internship, you can then go into a certain fields under pathology that you're willing to um, specialize in or do as a laboratory um, throughout your career. And of course, um, in terms of further development in your, in your career, you can always pursue studies outside of the country or studies in which some courses that are offered here within the country as well. So, Simeone, sir, can we just clarify the open merit system? So, uh, when you said that you must apply, does that is there? Can you describe that again, please? I, I maybe misunderstood the yes. the, so, the implication. Uh, yes. So, in in Fiji for civil servants, we have um, an open merit system. Now, an open merit system is basically a system that was recently developed when I was still in medical school. Um, initially, when we got out of medical school, what the government here used to do and because perhaps there were a less number of intakes back in the time from different universities, they were able to put um, anyone that was coming out of medical school straight into the hospital. Now, especially for allied health um, uh, members or students that were graduating out of you know, school of uh, medicine with health sciences degree, uh, physiotherapist, even dental, and also um, medical laboratory science, they have to sort of wait for vacancies uh, to be advertised uh, from hospitals around the country, and only then they can apply. And um, it's been a very difficult, I would say, for some, especially if you are graduating out of a big number of lot from 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 universities, and there's no opportunities around in which you can uh, take up except internship or a smaller jobs in smaller private labs until you could get a posting in, in one of these hospitals around the country. I see. Yeah. So that's a it's a very ironic. It's a very similar system to what they have in a country in Namibia and West Africa, uh, South West Africa, I should say, uh, where basically all of the students at the university level. I'm not going to say guaranteed a position. That's not the right term, yeah. but there the, yeah. there is a limited set of students allowed to enter the programs. So that uh, so that they can have certain employment opportunities as a result of that, and I understand how yeah. how that changes now. Now I understand the terminology uh, a bit better. So so what typically for for those who are leaving Fiji, what's typically the path then? Um, for those leaving Fiji, in terms of um, our field. Yes, yes. So in terms of your field, people who are trying to leave the country to get opportunities, no. is it typically move towards Australia, New Zealand? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so they do. Um, a lot of the students, or at least my classmates that have left the country, they've moved across to Australia and New Zealand, um, and and some to the states. I would say which I'm very happy for. And for us here, because our um, certificate is not accredited to these universities or to an Australian standard or New Zealand standard, what we usually have to go through is, of course, a board exam at these different countries especially for Australia and New Zealand. Australia, um, we have to go through a board uh, certi a certification exam with the Australian Institute of Medical Sciences. And of course, um, with New Zealand, they do not have an exam, but you do have to register 
with the medical council in, in New Zealand for you to practice there. And this registration does not guarantee you a, um, let's say a job, they could give you, and also you have to apply for certain jobs across and only you can move. But um, I think given the fact that most of the people here in Fiji or students, I would say that are coming out of school, these are sponsored students by the government. So you sort of have to, to serve your bond um, or pay your student loan in terms uh, so that you can leave the country and also find access to work abroad in the fields that you want to. And um, that's something that I, I feel that every student here is trying to uh, uh, overcome. But I think with, with more opportunities that I hope for in the future, we'll be able to get um, to retain more people that are leaving to work here and, and serve our local community. Certainly. Okay. And so um, it, with that, Simeone, then can you please describe for us um, fr from the local student experience? So obviously, you had the opportunity to get into some interesting locations to work uh, upon graduation and to gain a lot of hands-on experience. Can you describe the academic experience to us a bit? So one of the things we commonly hear in other jurisdictions uh, is the context that uh, the medical lab science programs are great. There's a lot of learning uh, and where some of the gaps exist in terms of preparedness for work opportunities tends to be on hands-on experience and it tends to be in sort of the more advanced uh, lab tests or, or more automated capabilities, I should say automation. Is that is that a similar experience for people studying in Fiji? Yes, yes, Robert. Um, it's quite similar here in, the, in Fiji. Back when I was studying, I, I I could say that we had to learn everything mostly manual when I was in um, medical school, and my attachments, even some of the resources. I think um, being in a country that's very resource poor in terms of um, providing other items or materials that needs for learning. We've had to go by the books more into and, and then practical, but we, even with practical, um, there were still um, some areas that I feel that needed uh, development, which I can see that they have uh, since I left medical school in terms of being able to uh, give a proper demonstration on the practical uh, side of, of laboratory when, when we're in practical classes and also been able to post students out more frequently into the hospital so they could get a hand, uh, hands-on experience on how testing actually happens. Because sometimes uh, when you do learn by the books, there's some um, ropes in which you can do testing um, outside of medical school in the hospitals. And of course, um, not affecting um, com or compromising any results. But I've seen the huge difference and especially, uh, like you mentioned, resources um, that's something that I feel my country, or at least my course back in the time that I took in medical school needed a lot of improvement on. But um, I, I would say that I learned a lot um, in that regard as well, being able to do um, manual training uh, without a lot of machines being around. And, um, but it's, it's a shock, I think for me, even still uh, to go from manual to automation. So just needs a little bit of a uh, training on that for, for me to get my hands on certain things, certain machines, sure. I would say. Sure, and that, that's completely understandable, Ms. Simeone. So can you, given the open merit system and given the experience at the academic level, would you have any recommendations for someone going through the schooling program now? So someone currently entering the, uh, the system um, 
within Fiji and 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 I'd actually say even some of the other Pacific Islands as well uh, to get to get a sense of some advice for them of uh, of what they can do to sort of stand out in the crowd. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think for um, now back um, when we were back in school, um, obviously there was uh, there were need for improvement, but I. I understand that over time I've left school uh, since 2017 and I can see some uh, a lot of improvement done, um, especially in our field. So my only advice to the students, especially in the South Pacific, Fiji being the hub, and that we cater for majority of the Pacific students here in uh, Fiji School of Medicine or Fiji National University rather, I would say make use of the opportunities and the resources that are now available uh, for the students and study hard. And I know that it's a very cliche thing to say, but nothing good comes from um, not preparing well and also do your due diligence and also strive for the best. Just do your best, earn your hours, um, perfect your skills and experiences in whatever field that you want to go into. And um, don't be ashamed to send out your expression of interest or applications to any vacancies that are available, uh, even on international platforms or local hospitals, because we never know. And uh, given my experience um, with those applications, I'm very glad that uh, for what I know now uh, and for being able to do that uh, at the time that I needed it. Yeah, that's, and it certainly worked out well in your favor as well, Simeone. So I think that's a great advice. Uh, for people to, to to certainly go out there and uh, and throw your hat in the ring when there's opportunities that that could be exposed, even if you don't feel like you're fully uh, you're fully there yet for the position in that context. That's great great advice. So Simeone, we, at the end of our episodes, we'd like to give our guests uh, a chance to to thank some people who've helped them along the way, some people who've been mentors for them, or have supported their journeys. Uh, I'd like to do the same for yourself right now. So I'll let you take it away. Um, indeed, Robert. Um, I, I would say the first one would be my mom. Uh, she's a single mom, so she supported me all throughout my undergraduate years uh, to postgraduate. And um, uh, I can't thank you enough for her, for her support. And in terms of my work, I, I want to give a big shout out to Miss um, Diana Naivalu. She is the head of the um, Pathology and Medical Laboratory Science Department at the Fiji National University. She uh, guided me through um, my years in medical school and mentored me. And um, in terms of the work that I do, I also want to thank uh, Mr. Moon Reddy. He is the head of the National TV program here in Fiji. And um, uh, for all the experience and the learning and the teaching, and also to the Fiji Center for Disease Control here in Fiji. I give a special uh, shout out to uh, my supervisor, uh, who is also our lead scientist, um, uh, Shalini Singh, um, and also to um, uh, Gazala Baksh and my laboratory manager, uh, Dambagyam Gander, for all the teachings and um, for the learnings that I'm still um, going through. And um, I'm very grateful for, for the learnings and the experience I've gained so far. Uh, from these people and for that i'm always going to be grateful for thank you robert okay. well thank you Simeone, for giving us the time and for uh for making this time work for us it's uh i know it's uh with the time zones it's also been difficult for you to find the time so i appreciate it greatly for you for you to make it available to us no no and i think i think it's great that you've been able to also give us an appreciation uh for frankly a part of the planet that we don't get to talk about as much and you don't 
uh, we don't get the same level of appreciation. So I'm glad you were able to share the story of Fiji. Thank you so much, Robert. To make a suggestion of someone that would make a great guest or topic you would like to hear more about, please visit us at labop.org. That's L-A-B-O-P-P.org. Thank you.